welcome to the Podcasters for Christ podcast, a teaching outreach brought to you by podcastersforchrist.com. If you're a Christian author, entrepreneur, or minister ready to share your message with the world, listen in as Christian online media expert, Pastor Bob Thibodeau, teaches you how to move your podcast from concept to launch quickly and effectively. Grab a cup of coffee and take notes. It's time to learn how to create a powerful podcast. Now to your host that's used online media to reach over 160 nations with the gospel of Christ, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. As today, as the whole world has been watching, Israel is at war against Hamas after a barbaric attack, sneak, unprovoked attack, murdering thousands of innocent people, taking hundreds hostage. Israel is striking back, and the whole world is really up in arms against Israel because that's the devil at work, right? Well, we've been looking at it. Uh, we got our great guest on today, T.S. Wright. Scott Wright is back again. Last time, we had already set up what we were going to talk about, that the attack happened right at the time of that recording. So we dropped little hints during the recording that we'll talk about this next episode. And here we are today. So with that as the foreground, let's welcome back to the program, Scott Rice. Scott, so blessed to have you back on the program today. We've had a little bit of time to see how this war is panning out and it's time to talk about it, brother. All right. Sounds good. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back on Bob and look forward to our, uh, our in-depth discussion that like we always have. Amen. I know we talked before when it comes to you know things happening in the Middle East and God setting things up for the end times that you know man is playing checkers while God is a chess master and he's playing chess uh, and he's just maneuvering pawns around on the board right now. But to man playing checkers, it looks like oh man, this is a great game, right? Uh, explain that for us again as it relates to what we see happening in the Middle East right now. Well, and. I think that for Israel, that what's happening is, is it just feels like there's things moving. Things are kind of in motion now that will eventually lead to the building of the third temple. I know you and I have spoken that at some point here, we're going to have a an in-depth discussion here on one of your recordings that we we cover that in more detail. And, and we're definitely going to want to do that. But I, I feel like the chess match right now is... Moving all the pieces into a position where that can happen and where that will happen. You know, my my big question, Mark, just in the immediacy of all this is, and obviously we're going to talk about some of the other situations going on with the Israel-Hamas uh, situation in Gaza. When this, when the smoke clears and, you know, when this all finishes, what is this going to look like? I mean, what is, what's going to happen with Gaza? Is Israel just going to say, hey, we're done, we're taking it? Or are they going to still allow that to be an area where Palestinians can come in? You know, what is what is going to happen? Because that's not a small area as far as population is concerned. It's not, we wouldn't consider it huge with from the amount of land 
but it is a developed area. Of course, it's obviously going to be war torn right now. But what's going to happen with all of this? I mean, is there so much damage that people don't want to move back in there? I mean, what? There's a lot of question marks. I think what the aftermath of this will look like just in the immediacy. But I also think just from the chess pieces, this is just another step that's going to move towards Israel eventually rebuilding that temple. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, you know, you see Israel being pressured because of the devastation. I mean, they have just, you know, I think there's something like 10, 15, 20,000 airstrikes or something like that. I mean, it is just an astounding number in a small metropolitan area, basically. Right. And uh, they have leveled Gaza City. I mean, it is completely wiped out. Uh, you know, but they're trying to get to those tunnels that Hamas has built underneath there where they're hiding and, you know, that's still their routes of resupply and all that stuff. So they're trying to get to those tunnels. But, you know, the world is saying, oh, how could you kill, you know, 10,000 people and stuff like that? Israel's like, hey, we told them to leave. Hamas wouldn't let them. You know, here we protect our civilians. Hamas uses them as shields, you know, time thing. And, uh, but yet Israel's taking all the pressure from the world because they refuse to give Hamas a chance to resupply and reorganize. So they would take even longer to root them out. So what's your thoughts on that as far as, uh, you know, the political pressure that Israel is undergoing right now? Well, obviously they're, they're balancing a lot of spinning plates is the way I like to, mm-hmm. to state it. But the one thing I will say, the U.S. moving those carrier groups into those areas around Israel has really helped contain this as much as possible. It hasn't been perfect, and obviously Iran's trying to provoke the United States to try to widen the confrontation. But the United States hasn't taken the bait, obviously. However... Israel right now is having, you know, they, they've got all of these, they've got all these political pressures, not just coming from the UN or the United States, but like you said, around the world and calling this a humanitarian crisis. And in many ways it is. But here's my thing. And, and I'll say this. There are other places in the world where there are very deep humanitarian crises that don't bring this much attention. Yeah. Why is it? that Israel gets all this political pressure for defending themselves. But when this stuff happens in other, like in Asia or Africa, or even in South America or other places, why are they not getting the level of pressure from the global community like Israel does? That, that would be, that's a big question for me. I don't, you know, I think it's, and I get it. It's because of the, of just how far reaching that a conflict could, that if, if the conflict widened to say like it's Israel and Iran, it may not just include Israel and Iran. Right. However, there are places in the world that have even worse humanitarian crises that have lasted much longer than this one. Now, Hamas, I know that it's been rumored that they are burying themselves under these hospitals. Yep. 
and they know that they won't bomb those. And then they're they're basically, as you said, they're using these people's human shields, but yet Israel's the one getting all the pressure. It's like, at what point do we finally stand up to Iran and say no more? No more. You know what? Stop supplying them. You need to cut them off or there's going to be some devastating consequences. And some of those consequences obviously are going to be economic, but there could be military consequences if you do not stop. And I, I think at some point that's going to have to be visited. Right. And right. I kind of wonder if it won't be. Amen. Amen. You know, Qatar is working as an intermediary between Hamas and Israel. But isn't Qatar a Hamas associate as well? I mean, don't they support the overthrow of Israel? They have, there is, yes, there is some connection there. So they, Qatar kind of plays it, I think, as the week goes. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, it's kind of like what suits them best at the moment is really the sense that I've gotten from Qatar and all this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they, when they feel pressure, like Israel might actually do something against them or the United States could, you know, they're not as, they're not as vocal like Iran is. But when they can keep it under the table, yeah, I think they do. They definitely support it. And so I think, I think you have to look at Qatar as one of those self-preservation is probably their number one goal. And then the removal of Israel may be like their number three or four goal. Yeah. Amen. There's also been some Israeli strikes uh, in uh, against Hezbollah up in Lebanon as well. Uh, So they're already defending themselves on the northern border from incursions and missile attacks and things like that as well, right? You kind of wonder how far is Israel going to let this go before they just say, we're going to take it all. They're going to take that area. They'll, they're going to take, they're just going to completely take Gaza when this is done and secure it and make it part of Israel. You you know, I'm again, it's that aftermath thing. I kind of wonder what, what this is going to lead to. I know right now, and I just saw my newsflash that supposedly there's a tentative deal that's been reached to help release more hostages, but also so they can get humanitarian aid in there. So kind of a ceasefire for at least the moment, you know, and I mean, I'll tell you, this whole thing is we've watched it. Israel's just kind of like, it's just been, it's been like a slow noose. They just been inching in, inching in, just trying to, pinch them into a small area where they can finally put an end to this. Yeah. And yeah. they're getting closer for sure. You, you, you know, how long is that going to take? And I, I get the humanitarian crisis of this, but the aftermath of this, and also, you know, the other piece of this, and I haven't mentioned this yet is what is the reaction going to be from countries like Egypt, Sudan, Syria, just Turkey, Russia. I think China right now, you know, a lot of people don't want to, maybe don't don't know this. The reason China hasn't been heavily involved in anything right now is because they're on the brink of total collapse. China is on the brink of total collapse. I don't think a lot of people know this, but if you're reading and you keep up with it, China's largest real estate investor is ba- or real estate holder is is getting ready to collapse. Yeah. I mean, they're talking it's weeks. And this is 
it is going to be devastation there. They're already struggling to feed a lot of their people. There are areas of their country that are on the brink of total revolution. There, There's a lot going on in China that is not being reported because we can't get media in there. So it's not like this big national news. Plus, I think this Israeli, this, this Israeli Gaza Hamas crisis here, war, if you will, want to call that, this is overshadowing what's going on there. And I think that's something to be paying attention to. China has also had issues with dealings with India over some of their border disputes. They've been aggressive with Taiwan and obviously trying to get aggressive with us, which that's all grandstanding. Just so you got, just so people, listeners understand, the military of the United States is stronger, more advanced, and bigger than the military of China and Russia combined. And they're number two and three. I'm not talking like just raw men power, just having, you know, men and boots on the ground. But what I'm talking about in weaponry, airplanes, we have more airplanes than those two combined. We have more military bases around the world than all the other countries combined. It's not, it's not even close. So China can grandstand all at once, and so can Russia, but they don't have the militaries to do this. The Russian military is being dis- denigrated as we speak, as they're still trying to fight this war in Ukraine. They have it, they really, it just wasn't as easy as they thought it was going to be. Oh, they thought it'd be 10 days. They'll be done. Yeah. I mean, this is now it's two and a that, half years or a year and a half or something. Yeah. And I think that crisis going on as well, you know, we can't forget about that. It's there. Th- this is all one big puzzle. And I believe all of these are pieces that are being moved that will put things into a position that eventually Israel's going to have this temple. The other thing, and we've mentioned this before, is this, and what I believe probably provoked the attack in Iran's mind was the whole fact that they were getting close to getting Saudi Arabia into the Abraham Peace Accords. They were really close. Obviously, Saudi Arabia right now is backed off, right? And just taking a neutral posture. And they will. They won't. They're not going to get involved on either side of this. And I understand why. I mean, there's. They have no reason to. Right. But Saudi Arabia, that that deal being brokered, is a would be a huge thing because as Saudi Arabia goes, most of the Middle East will go. They just will. Most of the Middle East will follow Saudi Arabia. The fact that the UAE is already has a peace accord with Israel is a monster, monster thing. Mm. UAE is per capita is like the wealthiest country in the world. And Dubai is going to be, and is already getting close to being the most technologically advanced country or city in the world. You should, you should see pictures of it 50 years ago and compare it to now. It's insane how advanced Dubai has become in the UAE. The UAE is a, they, they are definitely becoming that, that country kind of like what Japan became in Asia after, after world war two, what we helped them create there. So the UAE is becoming that, I mean, it's, it's financial, it's all kinds of different trades. 
there is a lot of business that goes on in Dubai. And a, and a lot of these countries have people that in companies and everything else have people that go in there and do business all the time. There is so much trade going on in Dubai that, you know, it's not something that we would pay attention to here in the United States, but it is a big deal. Dubai is going to be the most technologically advanced city on earth very soon. They already have the largest building and they're, they're rapidly advancing. They have a committee that is set that is, I think it's called their 2040 committee. You can look at, you can look up what the name of it is, but it basically is designed to have Dubai UAE to be the most advanced city on earth by 2040. They have this whole plan of that. And they've drawn a piece with Israel. Of all the nations that you just talked about, who do you think will the ones that will become involved in this conflict? And what do you think will be the trigger that brings them together? That's a that's a great question. So, I mean, we know that there's going to be a massive sudden attack. The Bible tells us this is going to happen. The way that's described, and we talked about this last time in Zechariah 14, and there's other verses, there's other biblical passages as well. It it seems there's going to be some type of a nuclear attack that stops it. And so you kind of wonder, like, what, what it, you know, and, and the question I've asked myself many times, I've even prayed about it, is what is going to, it's what you just asked, it's what is going to be that moment, that last straw that breaks the camel's back to get those countries to come after Israel? I, the only the only thing that I personally can think of, Bob, is I've as I've prayed about it, as I've read about it, and I'm not being a prophet here and, and don't don't think that I am. I've not given some revelation from the Lord on this. But I think just evidence tells me it's going to be something with that temple. You think about it. The Dome of the Rock is a massive symbol to the Islamic world. It is. That is a holy spot for a lot of different world religions, especially the major ones. And for something to happen to the Dome of the Rock and then for them to start moving on building the temple, to them, that is... That would be like, for us in the United States, that would be like a massive attack on Washington, D.C. It would. To us, that's what it, that's to them, that's what that would be. You know, for us, it's Washington, D.C., because that's the center of democracy for us. For them, that is the center of life, is those holy spots. It is. And so that's... That's what I think it would, it's going to be something revolving around that that could be a trigger to cause that situation to happen. Amen. And and you Amen. kind of wonder, you know, how aggressive is Israel going to be after this happens? You know, are they going to pull their walls in tighter and say, hey, we're building our temple. We're not letting anybody back in now anymore. We're not going to let anybody into the to these holy sites. We're going to just rebuild our temple. Knock that down. There, are, no one else is coming in here. So yeah, that, that could be a good trigger there. 
Yeah. yeah I mean, think about when they're going to draw the line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And you kind of wonder if that's not going to happen at some point. I'm not saying it's going to happen now, right. but you kind of wonder when that's going to happen. Oh, it will happen at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. we know that. Yeah. It's just well, a matter said, of when. Yeah. Currently, you know, you talked about the negotiations for a five day ceasefire or whatever for in order in exchange for some, not all, just some or hostages to be released, you know, because they want to keep their bargaining chips so they can get more later. And, and you know, we're waiting for all that to work itself out. But what do you think the next big thing will be that we'll see happen? Here in this particular situation, mm-hmm. I think I think at some point here we're going to see Hamas not have any more Clark cards to play. And then I just kind of wonder what the reaction to that's going to be. You know, here here's one of the reactions I've wondered about is is Iran going to get really aggressive? Like when they can't supply, which they're they're not really supplying them now, but when Hamas gets on its last leg here, when they get squeezed in to the point where it's just about over with, either they surrender or else, I'm guessing, I, I just, I wonder what Iran's going to do. That's really my question, because while Iran isn't, they they don't have the power to take this on because the United States is sitting there as well. And they know that. They know they have no chance. But what are they trying? I'm just trying to wonder what their end game is here and how far are they willing to go to accomplish some kind of objective that puts Israel in a position where they get all these other nations against them. I'm I'm still thinking that that whole Saudi Arabia thing, I still think is the cause of all this. I do. I think them getting ready to sign the peace agreement really spurred Iran to press Hamas to do what they did. So I'm Hamas is, uh, experts have said that Hamas has been planning this for two years or something like that. Yeah. And, and they've known that ever since Biden got in office, they've been they've been trying to take Trump's Abraham Accords and expand it. I mean, they know that it's that's not a secret. Anybody that's keeping up with it at all knows that. But I just kind of wonder what that's what that's going to look like, you know, and we're getting ready to have a big election here. I mean, our primaries are getting ready to start. You know, elections are going to have consequences. Right now, it does not look like the Biden White House is going to last past this term of office. They're getting obliterated. Yeah, they're getting obliterated in the polls. They the swing states are not moving in their favor. And there's actually other states now that maybe all of a sudden look like they're in play that you wouldn't even ever thought of being swing states. Mm -hmm. And so and, and those numbers are running Trump against Biden, Nikki Haley against Biden and DeSantis against Biden. There's people running their polls with all three, and they're seeing that it doesn't really matter which of the three get it, which most likely it'll be one of those three that right now the polls are showing that. So, you know, what is Iran thinking, too, in terms of what an election will look like? You know, we've got states now signing agreements not to sell any more land to any foreign entities and that they are making those foreign entities give up they can only lease they can't they can't buy anymore so like i know where i live 
they sign an agreement, they will not even let China or any other country hold any, even farming land anymore. So they they have to give that up That's within good. a certain amount of time. Yeah. So we're seeing that more and more. And and how does that connect to this? Well, it's there. There are consequences with these elections. And you get if if the if the Republicans get back into the White House, they're gonna they have a very different view of this situation than does the Democrats. They do. I mean, they just have a different view and they'll they'll take it on in a different way. I actually do think though the one common denominator is that they will both, regardless of who's in the White House, they will try to expand the Abraham Accords. That is one thing I don't think will stop. I also wonder how the Republicans will deal with the Ukraine situation. I think that will impact this in many ways. And for all Iran's grandstanding, what are they going to do as Russia deteriorates, their military deteriorates? Because it is. And the fact that they're not, they don't have, China's not a big supporter of Iran, but with China and the crisis that they're in, I just kind of wonder. I know a lot of people have often talked about they think that the one world government is going to be ran by Muslim or it's going to be some kind of military dictator type situation. I actually not sure about that. And I'm just going to say this here. I'm not I'm not going to say that I've had some spine tingling feeling or prediction or some prop prophetic vision of this. But what what makes sense to me is actually that capitalism is going to completely take over the world. And the reason I say this is because people don't really handle freedom well. They really don't. Right. They the, the more freedom that God gives us, the more we tend to evolve away from him. And that actually, with what you read in the book of Revelation, that that's kind of what that feels like, is that people are actually making an, their own decision. It's not just this Antichrist, but that people are actually making their own decision. This is what made me think about this. They're actually making their own decision to not repent, even when God is bringing these plagues and and the bulls of wrath, all these things that are happening to them, they are still not repenting. Amen. That's right. And it's because they people value their independence more than they value their relationship with God. Yeah. And and he knows that when we put things in place of God, that is idolatry. Yeah. And that is that is just like that's just like sticking a knife in God's stomach. Amen. And he is not going to tolerate that. He will not be mocked. Amen. Galatians 6, 7 says this, and we need to remember that, that he's patient with us to change, but his patience will eventually run out. Amen. That's so good. Amen. Scott, this has been so interesting. And as we've been discussing the current situation over in Israel, if someone wanted to reach out to you and ask a question or check out your resource, I mean, you're the author of the God Center Concept Journal and, and you have your God Center Concept podcast. If someone wants more information, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can just email me at gccgodcenteredconcept2038 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. I'll put links all this in the show notes below. Can't wait to get you back on again, man, because we got 
current events is current events. I mean, yes, <laughs> these yes. things, these, these things are happening daily right now. Praise and Lord. I'm going to have, and I told you before, I'm going to have some new things on this to yeah. bring next time to the table that I think the listeners here, you guys will be very interested in that might raise some antennas a little bit Amen. for you to just things for you to pay attention to that we haven't mentioned here. Amen. Amen. Folks. Praise God. Get in touch with Scott. Drop down the show notes. Click the links right there. Order his book, God Center Concept Journal. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll stay up to date on everything. And be sure to come back the next time Scott comes on. Praise the Lord. As we continue to discuss current events in relation to biblical prophecy. Amen. Scott, appreciate your time again. And I look forward to our next one, buddy. Hey, great to be on the show, Bob. And look forward to uh, visiting again when we uh, when we get an opportunity. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Scott and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.